Life Church. We're so excited you're here worshiping our sixth birthday with us today. Whether you're watching online or you're right here with us in person, we just invite you to stand to your feet. Let's worship God big together today. Buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb Till I met you I was breathing but now Alive, failures I tried to hide. It was my turn till I met you. You called my name, and I. to 
That's right, that's right. Give it up big for God this morning. He's a huge God. And man, when I just think back to my life, I think back, you know, it was a long time ago that he saved me. But what's incredible is that wasn't just a one and done. He's still working today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's sing this to him. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same thing for me. providing 
you're the God of Abraham, of David, God of all the people that went before us, and God, you are still our God today. We can come before you in our brokenness and in our humbleness. God, just, we don't take that for granted. God, we just thank you for that privilege to be able to come before you in prayer. God, I just want to thank you for the people that have, have come today just to witness the baptism of their loved ones and friends. God, we look at this as a celebration of the things that you've done in their life their commitment to you to follow you for the rest of their life and to be with you and your kingdom from here and to eternity. God, I pray that you have a blessing on this uh, on this gathering today. God, 
Hope calm. Uh, the people are getting baptized hearts. Help them not be nervous. Help them as they walk into this public announcement of who they are and what they've committed their lives to. That, that uh, this is just, again, a time of celebration. God, I pray for this gathering, for people's hearts and minds to be open and just open to the, the things you have for them today. And God, we lift up this in your name and give you all our honor and glory. Amen. Can we give God just a huge round of applause this morning? That's right. That's right. Are you guys ready to have a birthday party? Number six, real life. Can you guys believe it has been six years? Man, it is so good. Let's, hey, I, let's give God a hand one more time just for everything he's done over the last six years. Hey, you guys can go ahead and be seated. Hey, my name's Barry. I've had the privilege of helping launch this church, working on that team, leading, and then just serving on a week-in, week-out basis with an awesome group of people known as the Dream Team. So it's just been an honor and privilege to see what God has done in, in the life of real life. And the best way that we know to celebrate as a church is through baptism. And so if you've been with us before, that's normally when we do it, either on Easter or on our birthday. So if you don't know what baptism is, baptism is simply this. It's an outward, it's an outward confession, an outward sign of something that God's done in our lives. It's really, it's our first step of obedience that we that we do, that God's called us to do, then we, we give ourselves to, to Jesus. And so when these candidates come up, this salvation, this water doesn't have any salvation effect. That's already been done, taken care of. They are our gods right now. But what this is, this is their public announcement to you guys, to the world, that this is what they believe in, this is who they are, and they wanna celebrate with you guys and let you guys know exactly what is going on and has happened in their life. So today, you guys are gonna have the honor and privilege of seeing each candidate come forward in baptism. You're gonna get to hear their story and just know a little bit about what's gone in their life. So here's what I'm asking you guys to do. If you've been with us, you're gonna love this. You'll know what it is if you haven't. You guys know what a Chiefs game's like, right? How rowdy you guys get at a Chiefs game? We'll try to forget what happened last week, right? It's good. This week's a better week. But what happens when they score a touchdown? Do you guys sit on your hands? No, you don't. You guys cheer, you applaud. And so what I want you guys to do as we bring, after we, after we baptize somebody, we bring them up out of the water, I want you guys to scream, shout, clap, and let them know that you're excited for them. Can we guys do that? That's right. All right, let's one more time. Let's give a round of applause for those that are getting baptized as they make their way up. Awesome, and I get the amazing privilege to be able to share the stories of some of those who are getting, or all of them who are getting baptized today. When they submit their application, they tell us their story. They we'd answer the question, why do you want to get baptized today? Share your Jesus story. And then who is someone who had a special walk on your Christian life? So I'll get to share that with you today. But first we have Patrick Dokos jumping in. He's joined there by Barry and by Scott. And Patrick said, why, Ants asked, why do you want to get baptized? He said, I want to show everyone here, and especially my kids, just how much Jesus matters to me. Before believing in Jesus, I was in a dark place full of bad decisions, and I was never really happy. But after searching and finding Jesus, nothing else in my life matters now as much as Jesus does. And so who is someone who had a special impact on your Christian walk you'd like to think? It's actually, he says, Barry Hardy has had the most impact on me. He's one of the best men that I've ever known. And it's so cool to see, Sean kind of calls it a fraternity of us that set up and tear down this place every week and how special it is to build those relationships. And Patrick serves week in and week out on our teardown team with this crew and he does such an awesome job. He says also Joel um, Smith, Drew Holcomb and Josh Cubley have had an impact on his life in making this decision today.
All right, let's give it up big for Patrick. show them what it looks like to start a new life following Jesus. Terry shared with us, he said, for 32 years I grew up in a not so great neighborhood and I was around a lot of negativity and how I grew up is not what I want for myself or for my family and my kids. I want to show my family that they can break away from the bad and lead themselves and others to Jesus and I'm showing them a better way a life following Jesus. He said his family has had a special impact on his Christian walk because they give me strength and drive to do better and to be better. And Brittany, his wife, joins him and says, um, I was baptized when I was little, but I did it because um, adults told me it was the right thing to do. I never made my own decision in following Jesus, and now I'm doing that today. And I understand now that the reason I get baptized is because I believe that Jesus died for me. She said, I tried to juggle everything in my life myself, and it felt like just too much. I went to church when I was little and then life happened and I stopped going and I got in contact with my dad, Tim Phelps, who's joining them there. And he told me about his journey with the church and I started attending again with him and committed my life to Jesus. He said, Tim Phelps is who really who got me back in touch with Jesus and I'm thankful for that today. Let's give it up for Brittany. special happens to a whole family when a mom and dad decide to follow Jesus together. And so that is such a cool moment for them and their family to look back on. And next we have Andrew Cox. Andrew is going to be joined in the pool with his uncle John and grandpa Lauren. Oh, just Lauren. seeing the innocent faith of young people. They asked Andrew, why do you want to get baptized? And he said, well, I've been asking a lot of questions about everything and then learning more about Jesus and God. And so he asked about getting baptized. What's that all about? When he shared his story, he said, I didn't really know much about Jesus and how he died on the cross for my sins. My aunt and uncle, who are the Burts, invited my mom and I to go to church. I went to Sunday school and it was there that I learned about Jesus and I learned about God and I learned about eternal life. He said, I asked Jesus into my life during prayer time in Sunday school and decided to take the next step of living with him through baptism. That's so cool to see. Andrew would really like to thank his mom for bringing him to church and helping him with questions that he didn't understand.
So next we have Jameson Burt. He's going to be joined by his mom, Jenny, and Miss Christy, I think. No, maybe not. Oh, here she comes. I found her. <laughs> Miss Christy is our Real Life Kids coordinator, and so it's cool to see what God is doing in our Real Life Kids department back there and lives changing and kids wanting to follow Jesus. Jameson very simply said, why do you want to get baptized? I just want to show everyone how much I love Jesus. And that's the exact perfect right answer. Yeah, that's awesome. He said, I want to get baptized. I want to show the world how much I love Jesus and follow him with my life. And he said, Miss Christie is someone who really had a special impact on my Christian walk that I'd like to thank. Having special moments of being able to pray with these guys and just encourage their faith as little kids back in our real life kids area is such a special calling and a very special role in serving at Real Life Church. up for Jameson. Next we have Isabella Santiago, and she's joined in the baptistry by her mom, Carrie Sims, who's also going to be baptized with her. And Miss Christy is going to stay and hang out because she actually invited this awesome family out to real life. They asked Isabella, why do you want to be baptized? And she said, I want to get baptized to show others that I have given my life to Jesus. She said, one day I just realized I wanted to give my life to Jesus. So I was in my room and I prayed to him. I knew that he came into my heart and now I want to live my life for him, following him. Someone who had a special impact on her Christian walk that she wanted to thank was Miss Christy, Christy Hardy. And her mom, Carrie, said, I want to get baptized to show everyone that I've given my life to Jesus. I realized that I wanted to have Jesus in my life, and so I just started praying every day. And Christy already invited us to church, and I've come since coming to know that Jesus is the only way to heaven, and I've accepted him into my life. And so I would also like to thank Christy Hardy for inviting us and just being such a support for us as we are coming to church. Give Isabel or Carrie a hand. Awesome. How cool is that? Hey, let's give it up one more time for everybody who has gotten baptized today. Yeah, it's such a special moment in the life of following Jesus. It's really that first step of obedience. And like Barry said, there's nothing magical about these waters, but there is something very cool that happens when you decide to stand up in front of your church and say, I'm with Jesus, I'm following him. And so for our morning today, we are going to continue and worship our God. It's real life's birthday. There is nothing sweeter than celebrating um, with baptisms, with lives being changed for Jesus. So I'd like to invite you to stand to your feet. We are going to just continue to sing. And this 
I love this song so much because it just really speaks about this picture of what we were before Christ and then what we are after. It verbalizes the beautiful picture that we just saw. So let's lift him up in worship. And I was a wretch. I remember who I was. And I was lost. I was blind. And I was running out of time. And sin separated. The breach was far too wide. But from the far side of the chasm, And you made a way across the great divide, left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside. And there at the cross, you paid the debt I owe, bore my chains, freed my soul, and for the first time I
That's right. Man, what a day to celebrate, to celebrate not only just our birthday, but baptisms today. Man, I am just so excited for all that God has in store for you guys today. Hey, we've got another awesome crew joining us online, man. God's got big things in store for you today too. Real Life, can you give a wave and a big welcome to those joining us online this morning? And that is right. Well, hey, before you guys take a seat, Take about 30 seconds, say hey to somebody besides you, give them a hug, a handshake, and then take a seat. Well, you can take a seat. I mean, like I said earlier, it is just so good to see your smiling faces today. Uh, so awesome that you chose to join us today. If it is your first time here, maybe you came in from out of town to visit, uh, to celebrate with your family and friends who chose to get baptized today. Maybe you're here with us just celebrating all that God has done in the last six years at Real Life. But if it is your first time with us, man, grab that connection card. It's either on your seat. Maybe you've put it down at your feet by now. But Grab that card, fill out as much as you're comfortable with, and then check that box that says first time here. And man, doing that just allows our team to connect with you, to help you feel at home here at Real Life Church. Man, we don't wanna do anything weird. Just send you a letter, shoot you a text, and say thank you so much for choosing to spend your Sunday here with us. And hey, if you do call Real Life Church home, go ahead and grab that same card, fill in your name, and then check regularly attend. And then, hey, if you want to drop a praise or a prayer request at the bottom of that card, man, our team would love to pray with you, to pray for you uh, this week. Man, it would just mean the world to us if you would do that. Keep those cards handy as well. We'll be uh, turning those in, collecting those in the giving buckets later in the gathering. Hey, Real Life Church, man, we are a church on a mission. And that mission is to see people far from God, discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And man, what a what a picture of that today as people um, far from God at one point in their lives chose to accept him and then make that commitment, that outward celebration today with baptism. And that's just because souls matter to God. He didn't come for the stories that are perfect and all put together. Man, he came for those who are broken and maybe their lives are messy. He came for you to save you. Well, hey, today is such an awesome day, man. Today we get to celebrate all that God has done and is doing. It's just a huge shot in the arm for our church. Um, man, we're not a church that's just happy with the status quo. Man, we're a church that is living by faith. And so I'm excited for you guys to hear all that God has done, all that he's gonna do, here's some vision. Um, but hey, before we do that, can you give Pastor Sean Petrie the biggest, the loudest, Real Life Church welcome while he limps up to the stage. Speak for yourself, Holly. <laughs> Come on. 
Oh, there's a good story, and I'll tell you here in a bit. But, uh, man, can you believe it's been six years? Come on, dude. This is exciting. It's like yesterday we were launching the church and wondering if anybody was going to show up. And, uh, man, God has been so faithful. And uh, I just think about all the stories of life change and uh, just seeing people through baptism, baptism today. And, uh, man, my heart is just full. And uh, I just want to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, it says this in Psalm 127. 1, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, it says the builders labor in vain. And so I want to say thank you, Jesus, for building their house. Amen. It's all for his glory and all from, from him. So let's give it up for Jesus and let him know we love him. Come on. And I just want to share just a few things um, of really in this way of stats. I mean, this is incredible what God has done in our church and uh, just, just through us and God choosing to use us. But um, it's incredible. Today we're having 11 people baptized. That's where if I can make it down there, right? Um, <laughs> I have like 11 people getting baptized today, which is going to bring the total people being baptized through a church. <laughs> nice. And if I could open it. <laughs> oh, she's a nurse. She's helped me out. She's just, I love you, babe. It's awesome. I'm going to break my leg more often. It's going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, this year, um, today is going to mark our 133rd baptism in our church. And what's really cool, you give it up. Come on. Your hands are getting worn out today, but... Um, 133 people baptized in, uh, in six years. If you do the math on this, that really equals somebody, if we were baptized, like when people came to Christ and kind of go over the course of six years, I mean, somebody getting baptized almost every other week at our church, if you were to put a baptism out here every other Sunday. And that's absolutely incredible to think that we bring people here and they receive Jesus and people start a relationship with God and God works in them and then we have the privilege and honor of baptizing them. Uh, that's a whole nother level, right? I mean, they just raise a hand. These people are uh, getting dunked in water in front of y'all, right? And so, man, it's amazing to see what God is doing uh, through our church. And a lot of times you don't see all that the side, behind the scenes, but to see that lives are being changed on a weekly basis is absolutely amazing. And so thank you, Jesus. Uh, some of the cool things are happening in our church. Uh, over the course of six years, you guys have been so faithful through generosity. Uh, I think the stat is like 1.7 million uh, has been given through you guys uh, for the kingdom uh, to advance the gospel, see lives change, disciples made. And so I want to say thank you guys that played a part of generosity. Uh, everything that God's done is because of each of you. We're not, uh, we don't have investors, right? We have the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. And uh, he just moves in us and we get to be a part of the story. Um, I was going to say on baptism, who, who's been baptized uh, at real life. Raise your hand if you're baptized at real life. Come on. There's people across the whole room. That's amazing. Come on. I think the first guy baptized is walking around with a camera around here somewhere. Um, absolutely incredible. Uh, dream team, man, I want to give up to you guys that serve and uh, set up, tear down, like pour into souls, man, bring the word of God to people. Man, every single week make a difference. Come on. Thank you, guys. Uh, life group leaders, life group people, man, it's incredible to see how God continues to use that and multiply through that. Uh, we've had almost 2,800 visitors in our church in the last six years. Uh, people that need Jesus, people far from God. Uh, thank you guys for inviting people. Thank you guys that came out and stayed. Come on, somebody. Uh, and we get to play part of that story. Uh, salvations, um, this number is like on paper. So we have 186 on paper, but if you think about 133 people getting baptized. Uh, we have people coming to Christ every single week. And if you uh, have a start relationship with Jesus, if it's not too weird or awkward for you, uh, we just raise your hand real high if you start a relationship with Jesus because of Real Life Church, if that's you. Come on, put your hands up if that's you. Come on, nice, dude. There's people, man, all, oh, dude, look at the back, man, it's incredible. Thank you, Jesus, amen. Man, it's absolutely incredible what God is doing. And so I'm gonna pray and just say, say thank you, Jesus. Man, thank you, God, for... Um, just making a way, God, 
Uh, it's not because of our ability. It's really through our inability and our weakness, God, that you've done anything. And so thank you, God, for um, just being big. Um, God, showing yourself faithful every single week people come to Christ. God, I pray for those that walk in the room today that uh, maybe kind of wondering what in the world's going on. And today I pray that it's get a, a picture of you, God, and to see you fully. God, thank you for the faithfulness of our people to invite, uh, to be opened by the Holy Spirit, to trust you earnestly, uh, and to embrace the promises of God. And so, God, thank you. Just bless um, our birthday and bless the years to come, God. To all the glory to you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you might be wondering, like, hey, what's going on with this broken preacher up here? Um, it's pretty obvious that uh, I'm broken. Uh, so I was a youth group last week, thought I was young, cool, hip, all the things. I learned I wasn't. Uh, I was playing basketball, playing knockout, holding a meeting, come on, somebody. And uh, I was playing against Logan. I keep saying that he, he got mad I was dunking on him and threw me to the ground, but um, that would be not true at any level. Um, and uh, I ended up uh, rolling my ankle, playing knockout, and it broke my foot, made me to pin. It's, it's awesome. Getting old's awesome. Um, and then I uh, fractured my radius and my arm at the same time as I fell, so it's like insult to injury. Um, but it was nacho night last Sunday night, and I kept walking around thinking to myself, it's just nacho night. Come on, somebody. Um, it was good, you know. Um, but during youth group, that, it won't stop me. You, you know that it's going to go. Um, but during youth group, I called Diane and said, just get me an appointment for an x-ray because uh, I think I broke this, but we'll find out, right? Um, but uh, I would encourage you, man, my cup is full. And it was like, oh, maybe discouraged. No, 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 right? Uh, it just slowed down a little bit. Uh, I will say, man, God is good. Amen. Uh, this is, I mean, just slowing me down. But, man, I, I, you see so much that's not broken, right? Uh, my faith's not broken. Family's not broken. Marriage's not broken. I mean, I'm blessed, right? And so, uh, I, I'm, I mean, God's got a reason for it, right? So I, just, I told Scott Germain, I said, man, every step I take is more intentional, and every step counts even more. And, uh, and that's more of like a leadership side of things, right? Like you can't do everything, so you're going to have to just slow down. And, and God's got a plan. And so uh, really excited about it. Be pray for my wife more than anything, really, because she has to take care of me as you saw, and uh, take care of the kids and, and just more time and stuff. So, um, but man, just blessed, right? And so today uh, we're going to push pause on our series. We've been doing this awesome series called Asking for a Friend, and uh, we're going to pick it up next week and just kind of celebrate our birthday today. But today I want to dive into the, just a question of faith, uh, really dive into what it is to have bold faith, uh, what it is to, be, to allow God to just embrace his promises and see what God can do through our church. And so uh, I just want to dive into some scripture and look through what it looks like. Uh, you know, six years old, you know, uh, I don't think any of us are perfect. I know I'm not. Come on. Diane laughed. I was waiting for some amens, right? Um, but we're all messed up, right? Uh, we're all broken at some level. I'm broken in some obvious ways, right? Um, but God is good, and God is faithful. And through faith, God can do incredible things, and he is willing and can. Uh, now, the culture is going to say a lot of different things about faith. Uh, they're going to say you're, you're kind of dumb if you follow Jesus. Uh, you know, you shouldn't try to, you know, just look outside. You shouldn't try to fit in. Just hold on to what you have. Uh, the culture really pushes back against this being the word of God, uh, that you can build your life on it. Um, I remember this when I was growing up. People used to tell me that in the world, they say, uh, don't have too much of Jesus that it actually changes your life. Like you're that Jesus freak kid. Like, like you're, just, you're just too committed to church and to God. Like, don't go all in for Christ. Like, it's not worth your time. Uh, oftentimes when the culture tells us to stay quiet, uh, not to be bold, uh, to fit in, uh, to, to don't stand out, uh, not, not to have enough Christ to make a difference in your life, and not to be too bold because you get kind of weird. And so I want to do something very special. Don't you guys, if you got your Bible, who's got their Bible today? Come on, we're in the, we're in the I feel like we're like the church with Ezra, you found the law, Right? And we're going to read this like all day and night and fall in love with Christ. Who's got their Bible today? Got your Bible? 
some of you guys got your Bible. We're, we're going to get into the Bible. And uh, this Bible, um, no matter what happens and the culture challenges us, uh, this Bible doesn't change. Amen? Uh, this Bible is living and active. Matter of fact, you think about this, this Bible is the only offensive weapon you have in your hand against the things of this world, against the enemies in front of us, against principalities. This is the only weapon. This is your sword, amen? We have sharpened this, get used to it, uh, know how to divide this book and read it and, and have faith through God through this. I believe God is willing. And I will say this, um, even though men try to shut this book up and they've tried to do that for a long time, um, you can't shut this book up because it wasn't written by men. So men can't shut this book up, amen? It's written by God. And so today we're going to be in the Word of God, and uh, we're going to be in Acts chapter 5 and also Hebrews 11. And so if you have your Bible, we Acts chapter 5, verse 27, we're going to read this passage in the New Testament uh, church and how they're so full of bold faith. And so Acts chapter 5, verse 27 says this, says the apostles, this is Peter and the others, were brought in. They've already been arrested. Uh, they made it appear before the Sanhedrin, these religious leaders, to be questioned by the high priest. And the high priest said this, we gave you, what's it say? We gave you what? We gave you what? Strict orders. Yeah, we told you to shut your mouth, dude, jabroni, right? We, we, we gave you orders not to talk. I love quoting Travis Kelsey. It's awesome. Um, orders not to teach in his name and not to teach in Jesus' name. And it said this, yeah, you have filled Jerusalem. Now, this is ever a goal for a church. You have filled Jerusalem with your teachings, and you're determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. If there's ever a prayer from a church, it would be that the teaching of Jesus went out to our entire city. That everybody heard about the name of Jesus and it flipped the world upside down. And this is what happened in the New Testament. These guys were so bold and so full of faith. On the church's birthday, come on somebody, they couldn't help but to go out and share Jesus, even though the world tell them to be quiet. Verse 29 says this, Peter and the other apostles replied, look at the bold faith. These guys are going to double down, uh, that they're going to stand on the word of God. And they said this quote, and they said, we must what? We must, yeah, we must obey God. Like, I hear you. I know you want us to fit in. I know you want us to, to shut up. I know you want us to play it safe and uh, not cause any problems and listening to this false teaching wants to hold on to, but uh, we're just going to have to go a different direction. It says, verse 30, it says, the, it says, but the God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. I mean, how bold to be arrested and tell this to the most powerful person in the room. And God exalted him to his own right, right hand as a prince and savior that he, may, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. He's, he's basically appears given an invitation. He's like, Jesus, not only you killed him, but he actually came to die for you, that you'd turn to him and be a savior for Israel. And it says, we are witnesses of these things. We've seen it. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Uh, if you talk about belief, you can't talk about belief or faith very long without talking about obedience. And these guys had bold faith to step out for the things of Christ. Verse 33, it says, when they heard this, this being the religious leaders, they were furious. These guys had some cuss words. These guys were sharpening their sword. They were plotting to kill these people. And they wanted to put them to death. These religious leaders were so mad at those early apostles and teachers that they were claiming Jesus that they wanted to kill him. But there was a Pharisee named Gamaliel, Gamaliel, a teacher of law, who was honored by all people. He stood up the Sanhedrin, he ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin, he said, men of Israel, consider carefully. I want you to think about what you're about to do when you kill these people. 
Consider what you intend to do these men. Verse 36, some time ago, they disappeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed and his followers were dispersed, and it, and it all came to nothing. Uh, this was a man-made project by Thetis, and uh, he disappeared, and the movement disappeared, and it's absolutely nothing. See, after him, Jews the Galilean appeared in those days of the census and led a band of people in revolt, and he too was killed, and his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, listen to this advice, leave these men alone and let them go. Look at this. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. If this is man-made, if this book is made up, if what they're saying is just all just a, a, a conjured idea in the back of their minds, it will fail. But if it's from, if it's from God, if, if this is from God, if, if what they're doing is from Jesus, if this is from God himself, you will not be able to stop these men. And you'll only find yourself fighting against God. Now, how many of us have heard of Thetis? How many of us have heard of Judas the Galilean? But we've all heard of Jesus. Amen? Like this word of God doesn't fail, amen? Like you, you can stand against it if you want to, but, but you're not gonna win. Like me playing basketball, come on somebody, right? Like th this word is gonna stand firm. And the things of Christ still exist. Did, did the purpose of the apostles fail? Did the word of God fail? Did, did, did this book come from human origin? I mean, 2,000 years later, come on, somebody, we're still preaching the name of Jesus uphill in a culture. If there's ever anything that proved that the Bible is real is the fact that people suffer for the Bible every single day for the cause of Christ, amen? And we get to hold on to this book and say, thank you, Jesus, that we can stand on these promises, that we can embrace the truth of God. In other words, if you're following the things of Christ, uh, the things of God in your life are unstoppable, the things that God wants and intends and plans for your life and the Holy Spirit of God and the word of God in your life are absolutely unstoppable. Do you guys believe that today as a church? The things of Christ in your life are unstoppable. There's no force, no power from heaven, earth, or anybody else that can stop the things of Christ in us. Matter of fact, it's amazing is that God is in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And so today's kind of a call to this, um, that maybe we, as Christians, as Jesus followers, uh, as a church, um, maybe we should stop trying to, to fit in. And maybe what we should do by faith in Christ is to stand up. Maybe we should stand out in this culture. Maybe we should be like the early church and people say, oh, you need to stop doing that. We're like, yeah, that's not going to happen because we have to follow the things of Christ. Amen? And so when we're uphill and pushing against us, we're like, oh, that's just a sign that this is from the Lord. And so as a church, as people, uh, we can put faith in our marriages and go against the grain of what the world says and faith in our identity and faith in what it is to follow Christ and, and faith in what it is in our finances. And we can live on faith for Christ because it never fails, amen? Become unstoppable for the things of Jesus. The Bible says this, Romans eight thirty one. it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Now listen to what he says in regards to this. He says, he being the father who did not spare his own son, if the Father in heaven did not spare Jesus, his only son, his one and only son, but gave him up for us, Jesus followers, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? If the Father wasn't even willing to hold back his son, is there anything in our life that's from God that, is unstoppable, that can't be stopped or can't be stopped? 
Is there anything from Christ in our life that the world can say no to and it stops? Did God bring us this far six years into our church for it to fail? Did God bring you this far as a Christian for your life to fall apart, to abandon us? Come on, somebody. It's from Christ, amen? If the Father didn't spare his own son, I love the Bible says how great of love the Father had lodged upon us to be called sons and daughters of God, that he loves us enough to send Jesus. And a response to God should be simply, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, even though I'm broken. Come on, somebody, right? Yes, Lord. Like, I, I wanna follow you. We're, we're called to live by faith because he is faithful, amen? We're called to live by faith. And so if he didn't spare his son, we have no response but to say, okay, God, uh, by faith, I'm gonna live for you by faith. I'm gonna put my life on the altar of the things you say. I'm gonna follow your promises with my life that nothing stands in your way, that your purpose will always prevail. And so what I wanna do is I want you to think about the faith in your life. I want you to think about how you live in this season and just kind of rate your faith, ask some questions. Uh, what in your life can you only attribute to God in this season? You can say, dude, this only exists because of what Christ has done in and through my life. Another question, if God didn't show up, what would, what would fail in your life in this season? If God removed his presence and his power from your life, what would utterly fall on his face in this season? Those things are by faith. Think about this, and what I'm getting just human results. Is the fruit of my life only because of my hard work and my intellect and my natural ability and my planning and my own strength? Or is what I have in my life only because of Christ? Uh, does the world control my lifestyle or am I being faithful to God with my lifestyle? How unstoppable is your marriage? How unstoppable is your faith? How unstoppable is your evangelism? How unstoppable is your calling? How unstoppable is your, your purpose? And so today, I think we just need to kind of be reminded and aligned ourselves around what it is to have faith in Christ, amen? And we can leave here being bold for the things of Christ. And so all I wanna do is just go through Hebrews 11. I can't think of any greater passage in the scripture that just talks about the boldness of faith and uh, this awesome uh, chapter in the Bible because these people are just like us, amen? They're broken, um, they're sinful, they have doubts, they're not perfect. And somehow God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. So I want you to turn to Hebrews 11. I'm just gonna walk through Hebrews 11 and just encourage us. It was a bold faith in Christ. And I just wanna cast a vision, not only for your life, but also for a church um, as we finish reading this scripture. So Hebrews 11 verse one says this. Now faith is a confidence in what we hope for. It's confidence that if it's written, it's coming true. Uh, that if God said it, we're gonna come with boldness and say, okay, I'm gonna embrace the promise. It's assurance about what we don't see. Uh, that is what the ancients were commended for. That's what they're praised for. Look back and say, man, these guys, man, they earn righteousness and glory to God because they live by faith. Verse three, by faith, we understand the universe was formed at God's command. Uh, by faith, we believe that um, we can't just, we don't see God, but we can see the evidence of God through creation. It says, so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. Uh, that the creation itself, even us, demands a creator. By faith, it says this, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. If you go all the way back to the beginning of Genesis, you see that by faith, Abel brought an offering where Cain didn't. Uh, what made Abel's offering so special? You guys remember? He's willing. What, what did he bring him? He brought God his best and his first. Come on, somebody. He, he brought his very best and his very first to God. And look what God did. By faith, he was commended as righteous. 
Uh, he, he was actually made right with God because he had faith enough to say, God, uh, you gave me everything, and now I'm returning it to you. Amen? Abel saw himself as a delivery boy for Jesus. This is what God spoke well of his offerings. It says, by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. Uh, Abel was murdered by his brother, first murder in the Bible. didn't take long. Come on. One generation, got jacked up, Jerry Springer, all sorts of things, right? And, uh, and Abel's blood still speaks, still cries out from the grave, because by faith, he was made righteous with God. And his, his blood calls out for justice. Even long after he passed away, our righteousness still stands, amen? Still calls out for the things of God, for justice. Verse 5 says this, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life. So he did not have to experience death. Come on, we're praying for that, right? Like we just get that chariot of fire. He was translated to heaven. It says he could not be found. I can imagine somebody trying to find Enoch, where you at, buddy? The stew's done, you know? It's like can't find him anywhere because he's a righteous dude and he's taken to heaven. It says, but God had taken him away. Before he was taken, he was committed as one who pleased God, amen? By faith, Enoch pleased God. Uh, verse six, and without faith, it is what? It is, you guys there, I don't know if alive out there. Maybe it's behind. And without faith, it is impossible. You guys are going to get there today, right? You, you, you cannot please God with your best efforts. Uh, you can't please God with your own ability. Uh, you can't please God by bringing your best sacrifice apart from him. Uh, you, you can't please God on your own. It's only through faith in God. Amen? It's amazing. Uh, because anyone who comes in must believe, and then we talked about this last week, two things, that he's real, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Uh, that God exists, and he rewards those who earnestly seek after God. I had an incredible message last week of what it meant to earnestly seek God wholeheartedly. Like by faith, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my face to the word of God, I'm gonna listen deeply, and I'm gonna earnestly seek God. And you know what? God's always faithful to show up, amen? I've never seen somebody read their Bible and earnestly sought after God and said, ah, it's not real, it's not worth it. I've seen a lot of people go to church. I've seen a lot of people send it to a preacher. I don't know anybody put their face to this Bible and just go, God, show me, and God did not show his face, amen? And he'll do the same thing for us. By faith, Noah, when he's warned about things not yet seen, and holy fear builds an ark to save his family. I love that holy fear. There is that fear of God, right? The beginning of all wisdom. Uh, by his faith, he condemned the world to become, he, and became an heir of righteousness that is keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, we talked about Abraham in depth, in depth last week. Uh, when called to go to a place, he would later receive his inheritance. Look what he did. He obeyed, there it is again, uh, by faith, and he went. So not only said, yes, Lord, but he packed up his belongings and he left a place that he knew to a place he didn't know. It says, even though he didn't know where he's going, verse nine, by faith, he's made his home in a promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. That's how we should live our lives. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were his heirs with him of the same promise. Uh, for he was looking forward to a promise from God to a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Anybody looking forward to that city that Jesus builds? Anybody looking forward to that? As you start getting a little older, you're like, come on, give me some streets of gold, Jesus, right? I mean, in the place of that sin, full of hope and the presence of God. Uh, verse 11, and by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered God faithful who made his promise. Who knows that the weight of a promise is determined on the worthiness of the person who said it? Who knows the weight of the word that's spoken to your life is only carried by the worthiness of the person who said it? We've had so many people speak a word over us and tell you you're this or that. What does God say about your life? Like, what, who is God to you? And when God speaks, he's the only one worthy, amen? 
And so we get the opportunity to not, not replace our earthly fathers, but to find our heavenly father and fill maybe some brokenness in our life that didn't come from relationships here. Amen? Guys, amen? Because we, we carry wounds, right? And only through Jesus and through the Father, we can heal all the wounds in our life because his words are worthy. Verse 12, and so from this one man, and as good as dead, that's how old Abraham was, as good as dead. I guess that's 100. Uh, 99, right? Um, came descendants as numerous as stars. Remember we talked about last week, they had descendants as numerous stars, and he thought that promise would, would come true, and he believed it and counted as righteousness. And then it says in Hebrews 11 that the promise came true, and Abraham's descendants, this is 4,000 years later, right, um, are as numerous as the stars, in the sky and as callous as the sand of the sea. Verse 13 says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They hadn't seen the promise that was to come. They didn't receive the things that promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting they were foreigners and strangers on earth. And that's still us today, amen? We're still foreigners and strangers. Uh, people say such things show that they're looking for a country of not their own. If they had been thinking of the country they left, they would have had an opportunity to return. Uh, if, if our heart and mind are still back in our past, and now on, now on the things of Christ, we're going to walk right back to the way we were before we knew Jesus. But if we put our minds and hearts on Jesus, we have nowhere to go but to the foot of the cross. It says, instead, they're longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. And it says, he who had embraced the promise, or the promise is, was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Remember last week in Abraham, he didn't hesitate when he said, take the knife and go to the altar and sacrifice your only son, that promise of a nation. And he took him to the top of that mountain. And it says here, the reason he did it is because he embraced the promise of God. Like how, how much do we live by faith? Like just to say, you know what? It's true. Like I'm, I'm gonna build my life on this. And it says he was willing to sacrifice his son, even though God had said to him, it's through Isaac you're also be reckoned. This is the promise of God. This is really an act of worship, is that he's going to return the very promise of God, his son, back to God himself. And God said, I, I really didn't want your son. I just want to know that you're willing. And by faith, I want you to step out. And so today, maybe there's a test in our life. And by faith, we get to worship God and get to return to him what he's given to us. And God may say, hey, thank you for trying that, but we're not going to do that. Thank you for listening, but that was only a test. Come on, somebody. We need that in our lives. Amen. I mean, I don't know about you. When was the last time we put God the test so much that he had to send an angel to say, hey, that's time to stop. Right? And today we can live by faith in Christ, by the word of God. It says Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he, didn't receive, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Uh, he, Abraham's like, the only way I can reconcile the promise of God is that through Isaac's death, he's gonna come back again. And nothing is impossible for God. There's no words of God that will fall short. And that was a promise that was spoken to Abraham by God himself before he did this. And so if God is in us, um, it's never gonna stop, amen? If God is for us, uh, if, the, if the God's a promise for your life, if God has called you, it's going to come to fruition. If the word of God has spoken to your life and has reminded you're a child of God, there's nothing that's going to take that away or stand in the, in the, in the gap or, or pull it from you. Uh, the Bible, if it's written by Christ in his word, it will come to pass. Amen. Uh, we got to be kind of people that have a newspaper in one hand and, and the Bible in the other. Amen. I know a lot of people that, re, that watch the news and, and they kind of turn to these like real sour people, right? And, um, but they don't read the Bible. And their faith is like zero, and they're bought into all this crazy stuff because the world's putting out some crazy stuff, right? But we know that we don't get too crazy and wrapped up in it because what's true? God's words are true. We read the end of the book, amen? Like, that, that's all going crazy. Yeah, we read that. But guess what? My faith is in Christ. And so we don't lose our faith. 
Verse 20, I want you to see by faith just, just a quick hit of like all the stuff that happened. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau regarded the future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was into his near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning a barrel of bones. By faith, Moses, his parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He'd rather suffer with God and God's people uh, than to have all the wealth of Egypt. It says he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ, that he'd be an outsider and a misfit as greater value than the treasure of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Moses rather said, I'd rather not fit in, I'd rather stand out, Amen. In his generation, he took a stand. In our generation, we're called to take a stand. Verse 27 says, By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw who was invisible. Oh, come on, somebody. That burning bush was lit up, right? And he's like, dude, this is from God. And he had a picture of the invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and application of blood. So the destroyer of the firstborn not touched the firstborn of Israel. If you remember, there was this angel that went through and killed the firstborn as one of the, um, the signs that, the, that they should let the people go, right? The Israelites and Hebrews should be let go. And that was kind of the final straw. Uh, Pharaoh's son was killed. And the only qualification to put the blood on, on the, the only qualification to be saved was you put blood on the lintel and the doorposts. And it's a really cool picture of what Jesus does for us because um, regardless of like who those people were and uh, what their, their morality was or like how much faith they had, like they weren't great faith or maybe they were living a life of sin, or maybe they're full of shame or they're all broken. The only thing that mattered was that the blood was on the lintel. Like they, they were saved by, by the blood of the lamb. Amen. And today you may have walked in, you're like, man, I'm not holy enough for this place and I don't feel like my life is good enough. The only thing that matters is that the blood of Jesus the lamb covers your life, amen? That's the only thing. And it, it, there's nothing else that qualifies you for that. You're gonna see there is a prostitute here in the, in the hall of fame of faith, amen? Thank you, Jesus, that you picked people that weren't perfect to let us know that we can be people of bold faith. Look at this, by faith he left Egypt. Um, First one, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land, but the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, look at this, because she, was wel because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. It was by faith she just had obedience to say, hey, th this is it right here. And um, she wasn't killed. I love there's a prostitute in the Hall of Fame of Faith, amen? Come on, there's room for us, Amen. Like we, God could be like, God's gonna use us. We don't have to be perfect. We are, we are stumbling towards obedience in Christ and God will use our life. And you can read the rest of Hebrews 11, right? Like I know we're, we're pushing through time, but the reality is this, is that God is gonna use our lives if we are faithful to him, amen? And we can stand on the things of faith. So we're six years in as a church. We're six years in. And we have to ask the question, um, what are we gonna be about? What's our church gonna stand for in this next few years? What's the next six years gonna look like? Are we gonna stay on the faith of God? Are we gonna try to fit in? Are we gonna go with the world? Are we gonna play it safe? Or do something bold? I don't know about you, but I wanna do something bold, amen? I wanna try by faith 
to do some very bold things only accomplished through Christ. And so I've got like a vision for our church that God's put in my heart. And uh, this is all in God's timing. It's all by God's, it's all faith in God. It's all through Jesus. And he sets the pace, he sets the place. And it's all through him, amen? But I just wanna cast a vision of what God can do through our church. And by faith, this is what we're believing for. Uh, we're believing for disciples to be raised up in our church. Uh, we're believing for people in our church to say, you know what, I, I'm explored faith and uh, um, I, we, ha- we know Jesus, I have saving faith, but we wanna get to a spot in our church where it's like, man, my every part of my life is built on faith. My marriage is built on faith, my finances are built on faith, my calling is built on faith, my character is built on faith. And we get to the point of the church, we built such strong people, like we're, we wanna stay wide, we wanna reach people, but we wanna build some pillars in the faith, amen? And we'll be the kind of church that sends them out. We'll be a church planting type of church, amen? Not, not a sitting type of church, but a sending type of church. And by faith, and it means we have to change some things. We have to think a little differently. And it's not bad, it's actually really good, but we can sit down and we can help grow people deep in Jesus that can take the, embrace the promises of God. Cause we just read this list and we're like, well, yeah, that's cool for them. But why not us, amen? Like, why not you? Do you think is God is willing to have a life-giving church in every single community in the world? You think God wants that? The, the, the Bible says, that if this is from God, that if what's in your life is from God, that the gates of hell can't stop what you're about to do. That you're an offensive weapon, the church, and we get to work in the name of Jesus, amen. And so by faith, we get to build disciples and that's what our church is, is built on, is building big people for Christ. Uh, by faith, uh, we're believing for a permanent space, amen. I know you're like, man, we love cemetery now. I don't mind it, come on somebody. Even the broken leg, I'll still come, right? Can't do much. Um, but the reality is this, is that to facilitate long-term ministry in our city, we, we have to find a place. Uh, we're by God's grace, uh, we've been praying. I mean, I know I've been praying hard. 20,000 square foot place, a unique place because we're a unique church to do unique ministry uh, for kids. People love to come bring their kids. Uh, youth ministry for teens, for adults. And a place that we could put up in our city that says, no, we're here to stay. We're, we're here to make a difference. I don't know if you know this or not, I've been talking a lot of bankers and doing a lot of strategy and talking, but it has been about 15 years uh, since the last major really renovation of a church in our city. The last time a church was planted in our city from a birth to conception, has been decades between Belton and Raymore. And we can be that church, amen? We can be the church that's like, man, there's a light in the darkness of our city and the city's full of teaching of Christ. And these guys are here to stay. And uh, our, our place here at the school is amazing, right? Like we, we love the relationship we have with them, but we just believe that God is calling us to put our, our feet down, right? And, and to show that man, we're here to stay and make a difference and do ministry. And so, man, I just know God's gonna be in that. Now, I don't have all the solutions. I'll be asking you guys, come on somebody. How can we do that? Uh, by faith, we're gonna raise up restoration ministry through our Hope Center. Uh, man, there's, there's a lot of relief effort in our city. We see that all the time, which is amazing, right? The, the food and, and, the, and the and different resourcing, and that's absolutely incredible. Uh, but we're gonna go to the soul side of things, just something deeper for their soul. Um, we have divorce care, you have celebrate recovery. You, you have things that are deeper for the soul, offer up for a community, and we need leaders to rise up so we can offer those ministries and just point people to Jesus, amen? That's what we're here for, to be salt and light, we meet people in their brokenness. Uh, we're gonna raise up by faith residencies. Uh, we're looking for the next pastor. Come on, somebody. And don't say no. 
It could be you. Matter of fact, if you say no, it means God's talking to you, right? I've had a lot of people say no, and then they end up doing it, right? But the reality is this, what residencies, people that we can train on our staff team 12, 24 months, and that we can send out, they can plant a life-giving church, uh, in, maybe in our city, or maybe across the world, maybe some of those United States, but we're the kind of church where we can say, hey, you know what, I can tell you what, um, what didn't work, I can tell you a lot of things that did work. And we've done this, we planted, we've done all these things, and we just wanna share that to the next person, amen? I wish I had that person, right? I mean, we, we, I learned all about School of Hard Knocks. I, I, didn't, I didn't have that kind of thing. And so for us, like, we want to get behind that and we want to see churches planted through our church. We'd like the grandpa in, in, the, in the equation, right? Like, we want to be a life giving church that plants life giving church, 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 that plants life giving church. Am I done yet? No. Life giving church, right? Like, that's how the gospel moves. And so for us, like that, that is all in our heart. That's our vision for our church. I want to raise up disciples across the world. We've talked about Columbia quite a bit in the last few months, but man, we want to go all in and uh, see disciples made. They have disciples from school down there led by Hugo, Scott, absolutely incredible. And uh, they, they take in a handful, like Jesus did, 12 to 14, and just life on life discipleship for, for four months at a time, five months at a time. And they get to share things with Christ. And we, we get to be a part of that story. And I know God's using um, Ugo and their story down there to make a difference, but we're not called to make disciples here. We're called to make disciples around the world. And that's really cool about this is that their school starting in January is going to be bilingual. So it's going to be English and Spanish. And so what that means is if you're graduate high school, you're, you're a young adult, um, that you can go to Columbia and go to their discipleship school. Amen. You, you can say, man, may God call, God's call my life. Uh, we're looking for people to raise scholarship funds to help send somebody down every semester to be a part of what God is doing because I trust Ugo. I know Ugo face-to-face. -face. I know this guy's soul. And you put somebody that's young in front of a man like that and other men that come in and teach the Word of God, I mean, their souls can be changed forever, amen? And we get to plant that seed. And so for us, like, we're going all in and, and, and building disciples across the world. And there's so much other stuff, like, I don't, I don't have time to talk about so, so much of our vision. Um, but the reality is we get to play a part of the story by faith. Do we believe God can? Do we believe God will? Do we embrace it if it's already here? A step of faith means you don't know exactly where it's gonna land. And so we're gonna just step out and go on the into the, the branch where the fruit's at and say, come on, Jesus. And if you don't show up, guess what? It ain't gonna work. And so by faith, we lead this ministry. By faith, we actually lead your family. What's gonna require is disciples. It's gonna require pastors to step up. It's gonna require generous donors. Uh, it's gonna require leaders for the cause of Christ. Uh, and it's all through God, amen? And God's timing, and God's plan, and God's way. And so we have to ask the question, what kind of church do you wanna be? What kind of church do you wanna be? What kind of church do you wanna be? Or the church that plays it safe? Or the church that shrinks back? Or the church full of bold faith? Acts chapter five, one last time, verse 38. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, eh, leave these men alone. You better let them go. For if their purpose, their activities of human origin will fail, but 2,000 years, guys, God has not failed. If this is from Christ, you'll not be able to stop these men. You'll only find yourself fighting against God. Come on, somebody. We get to carry the banner high for the cause of Christ. And by faith, God provides because we're living on a promise. And maybe that's for your life today. Maybe today you need to realize who God is in your life. And maybe you look out and you say, man, my life has been faithless. But today, through the word of God, there's a promise for you that through Jesus, his saving grace, you can be saved and changed and the Holy Spirit moves in your life. And by faith, you can follow Christ today, amen? The church is built on Jesus. Father, I come before you. God, I pray for those who are here today. God, I pray for bold faith. 
God, as I speak to those, maybe Jesus followers today, they say, you know what, my, my life has been probably more about me than about Jesus. Um, if I think about what I'm, I'm getting, it's mostly results from me. I haven't built my life on Christ, but I wanna build my life on Christ. I wanna embrace the promise of God with bold faith. I wanna take some steps in some areas um, where God's calling me, that I know he's been calling me and I've been putting out, but today I wanna I want stand up. Maybe I've been trying to fit in, maybe fit in at work or my family or somewhere else, but today, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna stand out for Jesus. If that's you, just raise your hand high in this place by faith and say, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stand out kind of person this season. Come on, hands up all across the room by faith. Come on, there's hands everywhere. Father, you see the hands, you know the hearts, God. Give us boldness. God, give us boldness. The Hall of Fame of Faith kind of boldness that if you said it, it's coming true. Let's walk out here with our head high as Christians, as Jesus followers. God, knowing the best is yet to come, that this heaven's around the corner. And God, we can bring the things of Christ here. So God, build our marriages strong, build our families strong. God, we know you're in this. And so we step and walk by faith. I'll pray for a group of people today that maybe don't know Jesus. Maybe you saw the baptisms today and you thought, man, uh, there's something special in that person's life. I heard their story, it's relating to me. Maybe today you recognize that you need saving faith in Christ. Uh, maybe you walked in here and you said, man, I'm faithless. But then you recognize that blood that Jesus spilt isn't based upon uh, how good I am, it's based upon how good Jesus was. And today I need a strong relationship with Jesus. Today I'm messed up and broken, all these things, but ultimately what I need is Jesus. And so today, the Bible says that today's the day of salvation, that Jesus down across your sins, you believe in him, you're forgiven and made whole. Anybody who calls the name Lord shall be saved. And so today, if you need Jesus, man, that'd be looking around, would you just be bold enough today by faith just to raise your hand and say, I need Jesus today. If you're like that today, I'd say, I need Jesus. Come on, in this house, God just moving. I need Jesus. And if that's you, I'd ask you to just pray this prayer. Say, Father God, thanks so much for sending Jesus. For sending your very best, you didn't withhold him to die on the cross for me. And it's that blood, God, that covers my sin. God, help me to follow you, God. God, I wanna know you. I wanna experience all of you. And by faith today, I call to you. God, change my life. I wanna live for you. And give me bold faith, I praise in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Come on, give it to Jesus on a birthday. Come on, let him know you love him. Come on. Man, when we live by faith, nothing is impossible. Maybe some of you came to faith for the first time today. You said yes to Jesus. If that's you, we celebrate with you today and we just want to give you some next steps. The first one's this. Grab that connection card. Check the box that said, I gave my life to Jesus. Fill out some information on there. We want to mail you a book this week. It's short. It's super practical. It's called Begin. We want to, like I said, send that to you in the mail this week to kind of give you a start on your journey. The other next step is this. On your way out the door, you'll see a table with red bags. There's Bibles in there. Grab a Bible. That's God's word. Dive into that this week. Go to Hebrews 11. Read through all the rest of those heroes of the Heroes Hall of Fame, the Heroes of Faith. Read it for yourself and just, man, dive in and see what's next for your life. I got some next steps too for everyone else in this room today. Uh, next week starts the next four-week section of the No God class, and our very own Barry Hardy leads that. And this is for anyone that just wants a grasp, a firm foundation of what it's. this is all about. This is a great way to just start your journey, a great way to reconnect with Jesus if it's been a long time. If you have a ton of questions, this is for you. And that meets during this gathering at 9.30 in our next steps room, just past the restrooms for the next four weeks. Finally, another next step next week 
from 2 to 3.30 at the Real Life Hope Center, we're offering Crash Course. And this is just an awesome course for people who are ready to just take that next step to put some roots down at Real Life Church and find out what your gifting is, your talents is, leaning into your purpose. It's a great chance to connect with Pastor Sean and Diane and some of the other leadership. And I just encourage you to register for No God or Crash Course. You can find both of those at reallifechurchkc.com. Man, Sean cast a huge vision for the next six years at Real Life Church, right? Were you pretty excited about that? I mean, we believe that God has some big plans for us. We've seen what's happened in these first six years. And I love that stat that he said. If we put this baptismal out every week, that basically every other week, someone would have been baptized. That's the number, that hundred something, 133, right? I'm so bad at math. I'm sorry, Sean. But the point is, that's incredible. That doesn't just happen anywhere. And so there's a there's a real eternal return on investment when we're generous. And, you know, he, he laid it out. And really, if we want to accomplish a lot of these plans to really put a number out there that we can kind of grasp, about $200,000, about $200,000 worth of vision. Now, there's some people in, in here in our community, like a few people could probably knock that out. But the reality is this, we're not all going to be equal in what we can, what we're called to give. But the cool thing is this, is when we lean in to that, when we pray about it, when we set our heart to Jesus, when we say, God, what do you have for me and my family? How can we be generous? no matter what the dollar amount is, we're equally standing together side by side. And we're equally saying, hey, this is what you've called us to do. We've seen where we've been and God, we're believing in where you are calling us to go. And it's so encouraging and empowering that it's not just for here in Belton and Rainbow, but that truly is for the whole world. So I just encourage you guys, maybe, maybe you've never given to a church before, for whatever reason, look, we all get it. Like that's, you're not alone in that. But man, maybe you've never done that before or maybe it's been a long time. Can I just encourage you to pray, seek God's guidance and stand side by side with all of us here at Real Life Church as we just know that the generosity leads to soul change. The kingdom of heaven grows every time that we're generous. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for everybody who's been radically generous. And I just encourage you to come and play a part of the story of the next six years right here at Real Life Church. If this was your first Sunday with us today, I wanna to say again, welcome. We are so honored that you're here. And I just wanna let you know that this gathering this morning was our gift to you. We're not gonna expect a thing from you today. We're honored that you're here. We hope you'll come back and hang out with us next week. But if you do call Real Life Church home, I just invite you to let your journey of generosity start today or continue today. And there's three ways you can do that. Reallifechurchkc.com. You can text any amount to 8432 you can drop cash or checks and envelopes in the giving buckets as our ushers pass those down here in a moment. We also have a giving box in the very back. Lastly, I say this. If you find yourself this morning in immediate need of food, clothing, or shelter, we just invite you to reach into those buckets as they pass. Find any loose cash you see in there. Take that and use that to meet your family's needs today. I'm going to pray over our offering. Jesus, thank you so much for today, God. We just can't believe it's been six years already, six years of life change, six years of hope, six years of just seeing souls find you. God, we're just forever grateful for that. And God, 
I just pray for the huge vision that Pastor Sean's cast today. And I know that that vision comes from your heart. God, help us just to lean in to a season of generosity. Help us to lean into a season of discipleship. God, help us to grow in you and help us just to pick up these habits, God. Help us to sharpen the stone by diving in to your word. I just pray a blessing over everyone who is baptized in this gathering, everyone who who will be baptized today, for all the families that came and supported them. I pray a blessing over every family in this room, whatever season they're in, whatever they're walking through. God, I pray they know your comfort, your peace, and that they have a saving relationship with you. Jesus, it's all about you. It always has been and it always will be. May we just leave here bold in our faith in you. As a church, we're just going to declare this in the name of Jesus. We all say, amen. Amen, amen. Well, come on, what a way to celebrate our sixth birthday. Well, hey, don't run out of here as you leave. There's a photo booth. Man, we would love to snap a picture with you. There's a big balloon wall. Take some time, get a family uh, photo, hang out. Um, and ooh, I just totally lost my train of thought. Just going to acknowledge that. But yes, we would love to connect with you in that way. And hey, another encouragement, uh, don't leave some spiritual gold on the table. Take the opportunity on your car ride home and continue the conversation about living by faith, about God's promises. We use a cool app called YouVersion. You can access the message notes there and some really amazing questions just to dive in a little bit deeper. And hey, if you need prayer at the end of the gathering, please feel free to come forward. Uh, Somebody would love to pray with you and for you. And we will see you next week at 930 and 11. And hey, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. That's right. Have a good day. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.